What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian, and I'm joined with Nick. What's going on, guys? Okay, so um, just going to get right into it. I guess our XFL section now. Um, Nick, take it away. Yeah, so we got an XFL section. Um, see, I don't know how long we'll be covering for because uh, if you look at the numbers, XFL has faded a little bit since the start, which, you know, is expected. You know, something that's new, flashy, people want to tune in, and if it really doesn't excite them, you know, people, people don't really get into it, then the numbers will drop a little bit. At the end of the day, I think that true football fans, people that really enjoy football, are going to watch the XFL because it's football at, at a pretty high level. Um, that's one thing to take note is the XO, XFL has fallen off a little bit, but I, you know, I could imagine there's going to be there's reports saying, oh, the XFL is doomed to fail because of this. I could imagine something, something you know, people want to get clicks. I really don't see it happening. Um, in terms of the scores that have happened today, uh, just update. The Houston Roughnecks be- defeated the Tampa Bay Vipers 34-27. Dallas Renegades beat the Seattle Dragons 24-12. New York Guardians lost 9-29 against the Seattle Battlehawks. So and the CC Defenders and the LA Wildcats are playing right now, and the Wildcats are up 27-3. to um, I think it's kind of interesting because I know the Guardians are pretty good at the beginning of the season, and so are the DC Defenders. And now they're getting blown out. I think the Roughnecks have kind of emerged as the best team in the entire XFL. But just in terms of like the standings, you know, it's obviously it's very early in the season, but there's just been a lot of you know back and forth. So I think the Roughnecks have again have kind of come out as the top team in the XFL, but we're about to see how that goes. Um, one one player that I'd like to note out of the XFL, which everybody's talking right now, um, it's Philip Walker, also known as PJ Walker, uh, quarterback for the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, he's getting a, a lot of talk right now. And I just want to say that I think he's pretty good. He uh, came out of Temple, six foot, two hundred and ten pounds ish. Um, so far this season, uh, in the first game against the LA Wildcats, he had uh, two hundred seventy-two yards for four touchdowns and an interception. Uh, second game against the Seattle Battlehawks, he had one hundred and seventy yards with three touchdowns, no interceptions, and then this week he had three hundred and six yards. For, with three touchdowns, zero interceptions. So, you know, he's been doing pretty well in the XFL, and he's, he's definitely one of those players in, out of the XFL that I think he's, he's def- absolutely going to get a look at the NFL. Um, I would not be surprised if a team was to sign him either for a backup role or maybe some teams looking or were really desperate, honestly, in the NFL looking for a quarterback just to see if they can, you know, spice things up. He may even sign to be, become a starter. Um, you know, his talent that he's shown on the field so far in terms of the XFL has been really good. I think NFL teams are going to give a look at him, and a lot of, that's what a lot of people are saying. But, you know, I guess my little hot take on it is that he could be a starter in the NFL, possibly. You know, he's, he's been that caliber of player in the XFL so far. And I'm talking to teams that are really desperate, maybe like a Chargers, who are really desperate for a quarterback right now. Um, I'm sure the Chargers are probably – I'd imagine the Chargers are going to deal with it during the draft. Um, you know, one possible team I could see signing him. You know, obviously it could be any team. Maybe the Panthers. Um, you know, they have Cam Newton. They have Khan, who wasn't great this year. Maybe if they bring in P.J. Walker, create a little competition, because I know the Panthers, as far as we know right now, are not set on who the starting quarterback is going to be next season. So P.J. Walker could be that guy. Um, it should be interesting to see how I, – I, to me, you know, again, with the level, the, the ability he's been playing with so far, I'd expect him to move up to the NFL. So it, it'll be fun to see where he goes and how well he translates to the NFL. Um, before I move on, Brian, do you have any comments about the XFL? Um, not really about the XFL, but it, it is like kind of a nice story about these players being able to have this new, which I guess is a bigger point, but about these players being able to have this stage to actually play and 
show how good they actually are to get to the NFL, which is most their ultimate goal and has always been their ultimate goal. And coming out of college for, what's his name, PJ P, P. Walker, um, I'm sure he was disappointed he couldn't get into the NFL and he got his opportunity with the XFL and is putting on a show. So that's really nice to hear. Yeah, I also think it's really cool how, again, the league is just, they're playing at such a high level. I think high, a higher level than the AAF. The XFL, again, as I've said in the past podcast, they've really done their homework. They've gotten the right guys in, in their systems. You know, they've built a nice infrastructure around this league. And I do expect it to last. And, you know, people like P.J. Walker are the reason why, you know. AAF, I couldn't name anybody who was a star out of that versus, you know, P.J. Walker, who was actually popping up in the news. You know, not as big as the NFL, but, you know, the fact that he's popping up in the in the news at all is just – it's a really good job by the XFL. Um, so coming off of that, uh, moving over to the NFL – uh, you know, two two major news pieces this week. I'll start off with, I guess, the combine. So the combine's coming up. Uh, in terms of tentative dates, uh, so right now Thursday, February twenty seventh. Right now it is Sunday, February twenty third. Uh, the tight ends, the quarterbacks, and the wideouts are going to work out. Um, and then on Friday the twenty eighth, um, special teams, place kickers, uh, you know, offensive linemen, running backs are going to work out on the Friday. Saturday the twenty ninth, defensive linemen and linebackers are going to work out. And then on Sunday, March 1st, the DBs are going to work out. Um, you know, I'm a pretty big fan of the combo myself. I think it's pretty interesting to see like what players can bench you or not. Although at the end of the day, it's not – I wouldn't say it's 100% effective at judging talent. Um, person that comes to mind, Tom Brady, you know, terrible in the combine. Still his quarterback, I think, ever to go through the combine. And he's also one of the best, if not the best, quarterback of all time. So there's that. Um, players to look. Going into the combine, you know, obviously there's a ton. You know, every combine performance matters. On um, two names that really pop up into my head are probably going to be Justin Herbert. You know, he, he I, I don't I don't believe Tua is participating because of his hip, which would make sense. I, I'm pretty sure he's not. If he is, forgive me, but um, you know, he, he'd be interesting to see where he goes. I'd like to see Tua's forty time in terms of like. I think Tua's a really good quarterback. He's a really good arm, but his speed. You know, to me, I, I've seen people match Tua up with Dan Marino and some, some, a lot of pocket passers. But to me, Tua just reminds me of uh, Russell Wilson. I don't know if, whether it's, like, the fact that Russell Wilson and, and Tua, like, Tua's, like, Hawaiian and Russell Wilson's, like, mixed race and, like I guess they have similar skin tones. But I don't know. Also, the way they play and their ability to scramble is pretty interesting. So I would like to see Tua's, you know, 40 time maybe compared to Russell Wilson's. That would have been cool. But other than that, I'd like to see Justin Herbert. Um you know, his name is is kind of flustered in between the top ten pick and not. So you know, I think how he how he plays could really affect whether he becomes a top ten or pick or not. And I also would like to see um, Jeffrey Okoda from Ohio State. Uh, people are packaging him off as a total package in terms of the cornerback position. He can play the run. He's good in coverage. He can kind of do it all. I, w- I would like to see. But the one complaint that I've seen people have about him is that he's slow and he's maybe not strong enough as of right now. Which are things that could be worked on, but I would like to see him, you know, his combat performance in terms of, you know, where can we put him at? Because I've seen him go as high as four in in the draft, as well as as low as like twenty to thirty. So, uh, you know, I would like to see how he does. And I think another thing is going to be kind of interesting to watch is going to be the tackles. I think this this draft class has a lot of solid tackles in it. Um, whether you're talking about uh, the tackle from Alabama, who's I can't think of his name right now, or um, Thomas, I believe it's Thomas from uh, uh, Georgia, um, you know, whoever it might be, 
Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they how they stack up in terms of the combine. That's about the combine. Um, I'll I'll probably be watching it to see how they are because I do plan to release a video at some point. Um, you know, discussing who, a possible uh, mock drafts. So I do want to watch the. Um, I'm not blanking out right now. So bad. Um, <laughs> I do want to watch the combine so uh, so I can get that the input in there into my mock draft. Other than that, uh, in terms of NFL news, <clears throat> we had the CBA proposal, which if you guys don't know what a CBA is, collective bargaining agreement. Essentially, the NFL and the NFLPA, which is the NFL uh, Players Association, which is basically the players' union for the NFL, they come together and they they sign up an agreement in terms of like contracts and and rules that are going into the next in the next year because under the fact that they're a union they they try to fight for the rights of the players and they try to work out um you know certain rules and certain agreements in order to benefit the players um and right now it seems like the the proposed uh, cba from the nfl is going to get rejected by uh the, the nflpa um you know there's, there's a lot of different things that, that go into it but i know the biggest thing that the that people have been talking about is going to be that there's going to be a seven playoff team. So seven teams from each, you know, AFC and the NFC. Um, I'm personally not a fan of it. You know, expanding the playoffs farther really doesn't help anybody. I'm more, I'm more of a fan of like adding one to two games in a series, like three games in a series rather than adding more teams. Cause I'd rather see, you know, what's, what's, who's the better of the teams through three games or two games rather than one game. Uh, rather than you know having more teams involved, I, I'm I'm not a fan of it. Again, a lot of the players seem to be shutting it down. Um, you know, it should be should be interesting to see where it goes. But um, it, also, you know, another thing they talked about like pushing the franchise tag period back, which I don't think the players like that. Players hate getting franchise tags because it doesn't allow them to earn the money that they probably should. Um, so it should be interesting to see where the CBA agreement goes. Um, so yeah. Do you have any comments, Brian? Um, the one thing I do want to say, it's kind of interesting that these leagues are trying to, like, expand the playoffs, and I think it, well, like the baseball thing with MLB proposing, I forgot how many teams it was, but it was an, an, expansion, an expansion to MLB playoffs, and it kind of probably just boils back to the fact that these leagues are losing attention and losing viewers. I'm sure MLB is losing much more, many more viewers than the NFL, but I think it just goes back to people starting to lose interest in some of these leagues and how they run things, and they're trying their best to get viewership up. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. And just one more thing about the uh, the CBA. Uh, a couple more points that I just happened to come just have to remember. Um, they also did want to add another game to the season, so a seventeen game regular season. They wanted to increase revenue for players, which. I think it's pretty standard at this point with the rates of inflation of Amer- in America alone. You expect to have increased revenue share for players and how big they are for the league is through social media. Mm-hmm. Players are a big portion of why the league is what it is now. Um, and they also want to have more benefits to retirees, which is expected with you know all the research coming out about the CTE and whatnot. Um, you know, the, the NFLs have to give in to more players. Um, so again, like. I think I think the major issue on the CBA deal is going to be the fact that they want to expand the playoffs, and I don't think teams want that. They want a team that, that makes it to the playoffs. They want to have to go through as little teams as possible to get to the Super Bowl. Mm. That's true. Um, so, you know, it should be interesting to see where they go. Do you know what the reasoning would be like for adding a game to the season? 
Um, I think they want to cut away from the preseason and add oh. to the the regular season. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the ultimate goal. Because people hate the preseason because yeah. it's just a recipe for players to get injured. They're meaningless games. Mm-hmm. They'd rather have it, you know, an extra game in the regular season rather than get injured in a preseason game. Okay, that makes sense. Is that it for the NFL section? Yeah, I believe that is it. All right, so we're going to get into some NBA stuff. Um, first off, Kyrie Irving is out for the season. He is getting sur- surgery on his right shoulder. That's basically kept him out the majority of the season so far. Um, officially, he will have only played in 20 games for the Nets this season, which is obviously a disappointment to um, the Nets and the Nets fans. Um Going into it, you obviously knew Kevin Durant was going to be out the whole season um, with his torn Achilles, or the majority of the season. Um, but you thought that Kyrie Irving being in the mix with the team that they had going from last season, that they could make a good run into the playoffs, definitely make the playoffs. Um, and also, not even about the playoffs, but kind of getting that chemistry between a star point guard and the rest of the team is definitely an important thing, important step in the right direction. Um, obviously... The chemistry is going to change a lot when Kevin Durant comes back, so it's not as big of a point. But the fact that they're going, they're they're going to have to try and make it to the playoffs without Kyrie Irving is going to be difficult for them. I think they're the seventh seed right now, and they're two games. I think the eighth seed is two games behind them, or something like that. Um, so they're definitely in the playoffs right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they're supporting cast that basically got them to two the playoffs. Games. What? Two and a half games, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if the supporting cast um, from last season, I mean, the supporting cast that's on the team now can do the same thing that they did last season. I'm not sure of the players that they lost last season, though, but um, they definitely still have their bigger players that got them to the playoffs. Um, from that, I guess, Steph Curry's supposed to be coming back March 1st, which that's what they're saying. Um, he was cleared for contact, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Um, so the way that I'm viewing this, I'm actually kind of excited. I, I've kind of been a fan of Steph Curry, but also just like whenever he plays the Knicks and the Warriors always being good, he just gets on my nerves. But in this case, it's kind of just like you can watch Steph Curry for how good he is because the Warriors aren't going to make the playoffs. I think they're 16 games out. They have to like probably win out to really have any chance to make the playoffs. Um, I think it'll just be fun to watch Steph Curry play again. And it'll be interesting to see how he plays with kind of a new cast of characters. He doesn't have Clay Thompson. He doesn't have Kevin Durant. He does have Draymond Green. But there's a lot of new players on that team that it'll be interesting to see how he plays with. Um, any comments on those two things, Nick? Um, sure. I think that you know, Kyrie's Kyrie situations, to me, I think that Kyrie's a problem more than he is a benefit. That's true. You know, no, there's no denial that he has talent. But just... Every single franchise he's gone to so far, between the Cavs, the Celtics, and now the Nets, it seems like there's turmoil in every franchise that he goes to. Yeah, that's true. He just doesn't mix well with other players for whatever reason. Maybe he'll be different when he gets Kevin Durant back because, you know, there is a reason that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both went to the same team. So I think they do have somewhat of a chemistry. Obviously not too much playing chemistry, but just, you know, personally, I think they'll get along in the locker room. So we'll see if that really changes anything. Um, Should be interesting for next season. And then, you know, going off the Warriors, it should be interesting to see how Steph Curry does, obviously. Uh, Clay Thompson's been pretty ruled out for the year. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't. I think Draymond Green's not that good anymore, honestly. They, I, I would be surprised if the Warriors 
uh, traded him at all. Yeah, that reminds me, uh, apparently the Warriors reportedly are looking to stack up a deal to get Giannis Antetokounmpo at some point. Jesus Christ. Um, you know, there's been rumors, you know, people are chalking up random deals. My question is, I, I don't think the Warriors would give up Clay Thompson if they ever did that. I think they take all their first-round picks that they got in the trades prior. They'd probably bundle some new ones, put Draymond Green in it, and maybe like Andrew Wiggins. And maybe, maybe, maybe that'd be enough to get Giannis. I just don't see the Bucks ever letting Giannis go. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't make much sense if it would happen. Honestly, with all the Warriors have done, I just wouldn't be surprised at this point if the Warriors were to make that happen. The only way I see something like that happening is when Giannis, the year before he hits free agency, if he like to like know he's not going to come back. But I don't know why he wouldn't. Yeah, they know he's not going to resign. Yeah. Which I, he's going to resign. There'd yeah, be no reason for him not I, to. I wouldn't understand why he wouldn't. Um. Going off that, kind of an interesting thing that happened last night. The Mavericks ended up losing to the Hawks. Uh, what was the final score? It's in this thing. 111-107, uh, and the Mavericks are actually protesting a game. Um, obviously, earlier this season, the Rockets protested a game. I think we talked about it on the podcast. They ended up losing that protest. Um, the only successful one in recent has been 2008 when the Heat, I think, protested a game. Uh uh yeah the heat protest game but what happened last night was kind of interesting i, I had trouble understanding it but so there's 8.4 seconds left or i guess it was before anything happened so um trey young went up for a layup they called a goaltend on the mavericks obviously blowing a whistle calling a goaltend and then after when the shot went up and then it was a goaltend, um, John Collins was able to tip the ball back in. And they did it. It's a very confusing situation, but they did a review on Trey Young's shot. They said that it wasn't a goaltend. So obviously the points would be taken away. But they said that it was an inadvertent whistle. So the John Collins tip in counted, making it a four point lead. I don't know if that makes any sense. Nick, did you follow that? Uh, sort of, yeah. Okay. So, Basically, the Hawks won, and the Mavericks are upset about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, uh, what's his face? What's the Mavericks owner's name? Um, uh, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. He's been adamantly against the refs for years. Um, so it makes sense that uh, the Mavericks would be protesting a game like this. And in my opinion, they definitely have a right to be. I mean, they called a whistle on a goaltend, and then they're saying it's an inverted whistle. I didn't watch the game live, but what I'm getting from it doesn't make sense. Um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Adam Silver decides in this case because they'd have to start the game. They'd have to restart the game at nine point seven seconds and getting all the team, getting both teams there. It'll be it, it stacks up for an interesting situation. Um, but I guess with a team protesting something for being unfair, it makes sense that it would have to be an annoying situation. In uh, my opinion. Um. There's never going to be an overturn unless LeBron James is involved. It's pretty much that simple. <laughs> or Giannis, or like a potential MVP. If there's if there's not a potential MVP, you see like Luka Doncic is technically a possible MVP, but at the same time, he just doesn't receive the media coverage that LeBron James or Giannis does. So, like, in my opinion, it's like LeBron James, Giannis, and maybe Kawhi, like those three players, would probably be the only teams that if they challenged, they'd actually consider doing something about it hmm. other than that i just don't see them doing anything yeah, yeah it is an interesting situation um next up 
the Lakers cut uh, DeMarcus Cousins, and they're signing Marquis Morris. Um, and for those that don't know, Marcus Morris is on the Clippers, so they can carpool to the Stable Center if they ever play against each other. I think that was a report that they said that they would do that. Um, I don't know. There's not much more there except cutting DeMarcus Cousins another season down the drain for DeMarcus Cousins where injury fills up the entire season for him. Yeah, as I said over the summer, I just think you know he's at the point where maybe he needs to consider retiring because yeah. he's been out for what three years now, mm-hmm. something like that. It's been, I know it's been two, I know there's been two straight, but uh, you know I think he played a little bit in the playoffs for the Warriors. He's just you know for the majority of his career he's been injury riddled. Um, you know he was the best center in the NBA pretty much undisputedly at one point, yeah. and he just hasn't been the same due to his injuries. I think I, I personally believe the Lakers are kind of stupid for cutting him. I think he's a really good guy to have off the bench. You know, if he comes back from his injury and he, he and he plays, you know, up to the level that he can play at, he's an absolute steal for, for for a team to have off the bench. So I think it'd be really you know beneficial to have him. Yeah. But I understand if they want to sign Marquise Morris. Morris is averaging I think eleven points per game, so he's a really good guy to have on the bench. Um, so it, may, it makes sense why they want to have him off the bench, but at the same time, I would definitely. You know, any other team, I think it would be smart to take a shot uh, at Marquis, uh, at Boogie Cousins, rather. Yeah, definitely true. It just sucks when, like, talent's just wasted because of injury. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball now. Do you want to talk about this, the national story? Uh, sure. I just saw this, I guess, it was on ESPN, it was reported. Um, somebody took a, I, don't know, I think it was Inside Drop on Instagram. They're kind of an interesting news source. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they're a little NFs. NFSW, but um, just to go over what happened, uh, so we have a Nationals versus Astros preseason game. Uh, fans, it looks to me, it looked like they were all on the third baseline. Uh, had a various signs. I know one of them for sure was Houston, and instead of the Astros, it was the Houston Asterix. And essentially, they got their signs removed. Uh, me personally, as long as nothing vulgar on there, and, and it's just teams. You know, fans looking to like you know the Astros cheated. I think it's fair for the fans to be able to say something about it and have fan uh, signs for it. You know, I think it's a, I, obviously the MLB and the Astros are going to do it to save face and really try to keep the reputation in check because the worse people look at Astros and the less people buy into baseball and that's less money for them, less viewership. Um, so I understand kind of the reasoning behind why they're taking on the signs, but at the same time. I know. I, I just think as long as the, the fans are not being vulgar about it and just you know kind of calling like Houston asterisks, you know I think that's fair because to say because Astros obviously they did she they got officially penalized by it from the MLB so there's no there's no like oh was it true was it not you know, you know the question lies with the fact is like I, you know is it okay and I th- I do think it is okay I think the fans should be able to express their feelings again as long as it's not vulgar yeah definitely I. It, like, the fans need to have, like, their shot at the Astros, too, in my opinion. I mean, they ruin the game that the fans watch and give all their, some, in a way, give all their money to the baseball. Um, off of that, so, Luis Severino was shut down in Yankees camp. Uh, they don't know how long he's going to be out for. Maybe, it'll probably push into the season. But he's ha- been having forearm discomfort that they said has gone, has happened since game three against the Astros, um, and I don't understand how he's had discomfort for so long and hasn't done anything about it, but, I mean, other than that, that forearm discomfort, he says he's saying that he's throwing the ball really well and stuff like that, 
But, I mean, that's another player going down for the Yankees after James Paxton went down. And, obviously, a, a big problem for the Yankees last year was the rotation, which they definitely um, did good by by getting Gary Cole and it's going to definitely stabilize it. But getting having these two pitchers already down before the season starts is not a good start for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And as a Yankees fan, I just... I don't want to repeat in last season where the Yankees start out kind of cold because of the injuries and yeah. they had to figure themselves out late. Um, you know, the Yankees, again, finished with 103 wins last year. If you have last year's Yankees without injury, they could be a 110-win team. Hmm. Uh, maybe, you know, 120-win team at, at the as, absolute best. <laughs> it's a little unrealistic, but I'm just saying at their absolute best. Yeah. Where I think this year, you know, if you have a healthy Yankees – in my opinion, they're almost a guaranteed 110 win team if everything goes according to plan. Mm-hmm. With the you know with the level of talent they have and the fact that the Yankees and the infrastructure there, um, you know, possible 120 win team. So they, you know, the only thing I think that could stop the Yankees this season is the Yankees themselves in terms of injuries and maybe some other factors. But you know, I just I don't want to see injuries ruin the season again. Yeah, just not ruin it, but just hold the back hold the Yankees back from the potential that they could have. You know, that really sucks. Yeah. Um. Off of that. Well, I mean. Pretty obviously, but spring training start started. Um, it's nice to have baseball back. I don't really pay attention that much to spring training because it really doesn't matter, but it just means we're so much closer to the actual regular season. Um, I think regular season starts March 26th, so we're about a month away, so that's exciting. It'll be nice to have a new place to have content for. Um, Johannes Cespedes is eyeing opening day to get back with the Mets. So that means he's probably not going to play in spring training games, which I didn't expect him to, but it's really nice to hear that he's going to be, he's eyeing opening day, which means hopefully he'll be around that time. He'll be back. And it's nice to hear based off the, it's nice to hear because during the off season, everyone was like doubting you on assessments ever really coming back to the Mets. Now we don't know what type of impact he's actually going to have, but it's possible that he had, that he comes back, into his form that he had from, like, in, like, 2016, 2015. Obviously, 2015 was crazy, but if you can add Johan Cespedes to that lineup, it'll be very exciting. Like, the real Johan Cespedes back to that lineup. Off of that, um, the Astros have been reported reporting that they've been getting death threats for the whole cheating sandal. Um, Mike Fires, who I think is on the athletics now? I don't know, but... Um, he's getting death threats for opening up the whole scandal. The team's getting death threats. The team's kids are getting death threats. Obviously, it's uh, the cheating scandal's terrible, but death threats are even worse, especially in this type of situation with it being a baseball game and not the real world. Obviously, it's never good to cheat, but when it's baseball, it shouldn't be that important that there's death threats. Um, obviously I don't think the death threats are real. They're probably just annoying people that just want to get their, uh, words out to the players that they're annoyed at. Nick? Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Um, you know, me personally, if I was the Astros, I wouldn't be surprised at all that the fact of getting death threats after what you did for baseball, uh, did to baseball. Um, but at the same time, you know, death threats are not okay, obviously. And I, like, as you said, I'd say 99.99% of them are just people being angry about the cheating. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I am seeing in the news in terms of the Astros cheating is that so many people are saying, oh, like Astro fans, it's kind of crazy to me. They're saying, oh, we didn't even do anything. Like, player t- teams have done this in the past. They're like, what about PED use? Hmm. You 
you know, during, with PEDUs, every single team did that, and it wasn't illegal at the time, number one. Yeah. And then number two, uh, you know, no team has really cheated in terms of, you know, even if teams, I, I, as I said, um, you know, people were commenting about it. People saying how even like they're like, oh, the Yankees stole signs. Well, every team steals signs. It's the fact that you use a camera to do yeah. it, and then you you really relate it to the, the the players within that short amount of time. Like that's 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 above the human eye. That's above the human level, and it's just like, even in steroids, right? Even the player is using steroids, it's still at human level. It, you know mm. how they got to that human level is you know not right. It's also detrimental to their bodies. Mm. But again, still human level. Ceiling signs, you're actually looking at them, and then you relay it to your player. You know, human to human. And I think that's what keeps baseball is one of the, like those really cool sports because you have the umpire who pretty much dictates the entire game in terms of his strike zone. Mm. Um, you know, when you take the human out of baseball, then it's it's not only is it unfair, it's un, it's not entertaining, it's not right. Um, so again, you know, I said in the past, I really hate that the Astros did it, and I think what they did is pretty significant in terms of baseball. Um, you know, it's a cheating, it's a, it's a cheating that the baseball has never really seen before. Yeah, you know, maybe next to like the the Black Sox or way back when when they threw the game. Yeah, it's the degree to World what they series, did, which yeah. is the big problem with it. Um. I think that's it for baseball. We got a little college stuff section, so Nick, take it away. All right, so college this week. Uh, college football, as before, you know, nothing really much. Um, as I said, in terms of college football, um, as I said before, Tua, I'm kind of interested to see how his hip heals. You know, that hip injury is, is pretty significant. Um, when you look in terms of trauma, such as a hip break, usually you see it in pretty much two places. Either they're geriatric patient, which means they're a little bit older, uh, in the elderly group, or usually it's probably a car accident. Mm. You know, the fact when you have a, a hip, when you break your hip, you know, that hip bone is pretty strong. It takes a lot of force to, to break that, and the way that he did, from my understanding, it, it, it a lot of it put a lot of uh, it took a lot of force to break it the way he did, and that can be really detrimental for him. Um, you know, all signs are saying that he's healing pretty well and he should be back soon. They shouldn't really face any problems. But honestly, I do expect him to have some issues up to a year, year and a half after this injury. Um, you know, the healing takes a long, long time. The rehab takes a long, long time. You know, when I broke my ankle back sophomore year of high school, I wasn't really on my feet for a year. And, you know, ankle to hip, they're both joints, both pretty essential. Um, you know, breaking your lower extremities is a lot worse than breaking an arm or anything like that. From my experience so it you know it really stinks i'm hoping he gets back healthy but i guess that's just one thing that i'm looking at in terms of college football is how healthy is Tua going to get back although that's probably in the nfl now because he's looking to get drafted but yeah. um that's the bridge um uh, looking at college basketball really good week uh in terms of the game of the week it has to be kansas versus baylor baylor number one c kansas three really big game anticipated pretty highly uh kansas came out on top by three points um, other than that, two main storylines. Uh, Penn State has now lost two back to back after being in the a number nine seed in the top ten since forever. I forget when the last time they were. I think it was twenty thirty years ago since since they've been in the top ten like that. And now they're going to fall out again. And then uh, the last piece of news in terms of college basketball was uh, San Diego State. They finally lost their first game of the season. They were the only undefeated te- undefeated team uh, left in the season, and now they're done. So uh, in terms of the top ten. Just to uh, – also Gonzaga lost too. So, again, big upset uh, in terms of the only team that won in the top four was Kansas, and they beat a number one seed. So, 
Uh, looking at the top ten before we come out of this week, we have Baylor, who's probably going to move down, I'd say, about three, maybe four. Um, I probably, yeah, Gonzaga's, who, who lost, is at number two, which they'll probably fall. San Diego State might fall uh, at number four. Kansas at three. At five, we have Dayton. They've been pretty hot. I expect them to move up. Duke will probably stay the same at six. Maryland at seven. Florida State at eight. Uh, Penn State at nine. They'll most likely fall. Kentucky at 10. They might move up. Uh, Louisville, 11. Villanova, 12. Auburn, 13. Uh, Oregon, 15, 14. And Creighton, 15. Uh, Creighton's gotten really hot, obviously, because I go to Villanova. I'm a big fan of the Big East, and Creighton's gotten really hot as of late. They're a really interesting team to look at. You know, they've moved up. I don't know how many. They went from unranked to top 15 in the nation just like that. They're projected, I think, to be a three seed in the March Madness tournament, which, you know, for the majority of the season, they they were a team that was kind of on the cusp of just making it, let alone be such a high seed. So they've gotten really hot, um, you know, throughout conference play. And, you know, it's really, it's really, they really become merged as a really good team. So we should, I think Creighton's kind of interesting to look. And at the same time, Seton Hall's kind of fell. Uh, they lost the game this week. They also won. They might fall again. Who knows? Uh, Seton Hall's kind of hit a rough patch. We'll see how they do. Um, so that's college basketball. Any comments, Brian? No. All right. So, uh, last story of the day. Um, you know, I like to do my boxing specials. Every time we get a nice big back boxing match, I personally love to watch boxing. I think it's really interesting to watch uh, two men fighting it out. You know, there's no, there's, there's nothing other than just beating the heck out of each other. And I don't know, it's, it's it's kind of barbaric, but at the same time, it's really cool. I think it's different from MMA in terms of the fact that it's more of a sport, just more like tech. I wouldn't say technique, but it's like more of a point system where the MMA is all about like pinning and, and really just beating the hell out of each other. Where boxing, you can win a match and not in and only throw a couple punches if you, if you're able to dodge everything like. Floyd Mayweather has to have done in the past. Yeah. Um, so last night's boxing match, we had um, Tyson Fury versus De- uh, Deontay Wilder. Wilder, uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, African American, uh, emphasis on American because he's American, uh, six seven, two hundred and thirty five pounds. Um, but you know, this is the heavyweight championship right here. Um, Wilder going to last night, forty two and zero. You had Tyson Fury on the other side, uh, six nine, two hundred and seventy pounds. Um, which is kind of crazy because he was, I think he was, oh, he was in 2017, he was really overweight and then he got really in shape and now he's kind of building like muscle up. Mm. Um, you know, two huge guys. Uh, Wilder, not as technique, not as great of a technique as Fury in terms of his boxing skills, but Wilder could throw a really good punch and, and it's usually a knockout punch. He's, I think he's gotten, an, Wilder's won by knockout in 95% of his matches oh, wow. to bring him to 42 and 0. And then Fury, really good boxer. Um, he has a really interesting style. It's very like twitchy. Um, a lot of baiting. Uh, it's pretty interesting. So going into the match, definitely the most anticipated anticipated fight of in this decade so far, as well as 2020. Um, one one of the most anticipated fights in the past 10 years. If you guys don't remember, they fought uh, last year in around December, and they wind up tying. Okay. And this year, uh, Fury came out on top, I believe, in the seventh round due to a TKO. Um, so essentially, going into this fight. Um, you know, I expected Wilder to win. Also, Fury's British, so you know I was going for the American guy. Uh, so what I think what happened is, if anybody has been following what happened, uh, it seems that Wilder didn't really have his balance, and I think that ultimately comes from the fact that number one, he may have been sick, whatever it was. I think Wilder's making a lot of excuses, but I think that Fury landed a punch, and this is pretty evident from from when he at the end of the round, early in the first or second round. He punched Wilder, and I think he ruptured he ruptured some of his ear, oh, and it messed with his cochlea. 
And you could tell that it, something was wrong with his ear because when Deontay Wilder went to the bench uh, in between rounds, he had a significant amount of blood pouring from his ears. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't know what a cochlea is, it, it's a it's one of the parts of your ear, right? And your cochlea is responsible for the balance of your body. So you, you being able to have balance and, and coordinated movements is really uh, reliant on having an intact and, and properly functioned cochlea. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he was bleeding in the ear, whether the cochlea itself was ruptured or the bleeding was messing with, with his cochlea, you know, these are things I suspected may have happened. And then if you follow the fight from like the second round to seventh round, uh, Wilder, again, off balance, didn't really seem to have himself. And Fury just beat him down for seven rounds straight. And the ref eventually was like getting ready to call it. And then uh, Wilder's corner wound up, wound up tapping him out. Um, really good fight, I would say. I was happy it went seven rounds versus, I, I hate like, um, in the McGregor return versus the, the Cowboy. And it was a pretty short fight. I like fights that are a little bit longer, a little bit more entertaining to watch. Uh, it just sucks that you know Wilder wasn't really there for like five rounds. He was you know, he was surviving, mm. but he wasn't really fighting back. It was just kind of a beatdown by Fury. Um, you know, it was fun fun match to watch. You know, for, Wilder moves to forty two and one now, and then Fury's I think thirty. You know, uh, Fury's right now the heavy cha- heavyweight champion of the world. I'm hoping my boy Andy Ruiz comes back and, and takes him on. <laughs> love, love me some Andy Ruiz. So that was the boxing match last night. You know, I, again, I found it really interesting to watch boxing. It's a really cool sport. It's, you know, just, I don't know, just the fact, like, fighting someone, you know, all the other sports, it's like, fighting someone's a penalty, well, this this is the entire yeah, sport, so I don't true. know, I just find it kind of interesting. Uh, Brian, do you have any comments? Not really. All right, so that ends our boxing section, and now on to the controversial topic, which also covers boxing. Um, by the way, I know boxing is not as talked about generally in the media until there's a big fight like this. Mm-hmm. When you look at boxing... Out of any sport in America, there's the most money that moves in and out of a sport is boxing. Oh, wow. Look at the highest paid athletes in, in I think the past decade. You got Floyd Mayweather who makes hundreds of million dollars per hundreds of millions of dollars per fight. It's incredible. Um, you know, bo- boxing is really big, whether people you know see it or not. I just think it's really interesting. Um, my controversial topic, which you know there hasn't been too anything, too many things that have been controversial. As of right now, besides maybe the Astros scandal, obviously, would be that the fact that if if you guys did watch the fight, um, or if you didn't, you can go look this up on YouTube or whatever it may be. Uh, the intros when they come into the games, I just think they're a little over the top. Uh, so looking at Fury's intro last night when he, you know, his walkout from from the tunnel up to the ring, he was carried out on a stage by like four scantily clad women. Um, I guess because his nickname is the Gypsy King, and he wore like a oh. cape. But the fact that he was like carried out on on like an elevated stage, carried I, it was just too much. And then you had uh, Wilder who came out in I guess like a Black Panther kind of crossover Halloween costume looking thing. I think the costume is cool, and I think the idea in it it holds his whole like intro was about like Black Pride, which again I think it's kind of cool. But I think you could just do the same by walking out, going to box, and maybe playing a song that resembles Black Pride if that's what you want to represent. You don't really need the whole costume and the 15-minute walkout to the ring. And the same thing on the Fury side. I don't think you need the whole 15-minute walk walkout with the with the costumes and all that. I think it's kind of a mockery of the sport. Now, at the end of the day, I, I have to say that as long as the sport itself doesn't become a mockery in terms of, you know, there's too much X, Y, and Z going on inside the sport. You know, there's no cheating, whatever it might be. That's all that really matters. The sport's intact, not the intros. But I just think it's really interesting. Also, that reminds me, um, they're, they're mid-match... During the during the fight yesterday, when Wilder was about to go down, Fury licked the blood off of 
Wilder's neck, and it was a little weird. I, I'm not a big fan of Fury. I think he's really kind of weird. In fact, he's licking people's blood, and he's always taunting the people that he fights. Not a really fan of him, but that was kind of weird. Um, Brian, do you have any comments? <laughs> um, yeah, the, the blood thing is a little weird. I agree with you on that one. Um, you, can go, you can go watch that on YouTube, too. Like, um, <laughs> He had them uh, clenched, which means they were basically hugging each other. Yeah. Um, and while there's like, <laughs> you know, Fury takes out his tongue and starts like, like snaking it like up and down really fast and he's like goes to lick I don't know if he actually did it on purpose but it looks like he was kind of trying to fake licking the blood and then he, it looks like he actually did it's just weird it's just weird that's gross um about the costumes I do definitely agree with you um sometimes like the whole hype around things can take away from the actual sport and I think in this case that's exactly what you're talking about um and I mean I kind of understand why they're doing it. They're trying to, like, maybe one-up each other or just, like, continue the hype right into the fight. But when it gets to a certain level, like, I think the Fury thing with him being carried out by four girls is a little much. Because, um, like, I, I feel like the whole walk-in is, like, you're supposed to be, like, that solo fighter walking in and you should really be by yourself. But, yeah, I think sometimes it can get definitely over the top and then it just kind of takes away from the sport in general. The actual like sport and the actual fighting and the technique that goes into yeah. it. It seems like it's a it's a Broadway show rather than like an actual fight. <laughs> or like WWE instead of like, yeah. 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 Um, other than that, that's it for this week's podcast. Uh Nick, final thoughts. Um you know, not too much going on. You know, today I had a pretty bad day, I'll tell you guys. I've had vertigo all day. I just feel like the room's been spinning. Um, I have no other symptoms, so I'm assuming I'm just a little bit sleep-deprived and I could probably use some extra sleep. Other than that, it's just been really weird. I don't know if you guys have experienced it before, but, you know, if you if you guys could imagine this, right? After you spin around in a circle for, like, a minute, whatever it is, you you get you stop and you feel, like, that really dizziness where the room is spinning. Yeah. I've kind of felt that on and off all day. It has not been a pleasant feeling. So, you know, that's that. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, it was my last week of school until spring break. During spring break, okay. which is early March, I'm hoping to put together a mock draft video, as I said earlier. I'm hoping you guys tune into that. Um, I'm going to try to make the production quality pretty good. And now I'm going to record it with like a face cam, and then hopefully we can get it edited a little bit higher than that. Um, we'll see how that goes. But definitely, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put like a nice PowerPoint slide together, have some nice animations. I'm going to try to make it, not, number one, good quality, but also some pretty good information. Um, I'm hoping you guys tune into that. Make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube after I post that, and before I post that, too. That would be nice. You know, get ready for that. Uh, other than that, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, please contact me at my Instagram at nick.horbath. You can contact me on my Twitter at nickhorbath61, or you can contact me at my email at nicholashorbath10 at yahoo.com. Uh, other than that, I'll hand it over to Brian. Thank you guys for listening. Okay. Um, so what did I want to say? We are almost at 300 subscribers. I think we're four away now, so... I guess that's fun. Um, we also passed 100,000 views on YouTube, which is also exciting. Um, hoping to get to 200,000 sooner. Um, but we'll play, we'll play it day by day with that. Um, what else? What else? There's not much more. Um, our new writer, we just posted an article from him. Spring training, MLB power ranking. So go check that out. Um, but other than that, we'll be back next week. Let us know what you thought of this. Any comments you have, you can DM us, the .sport.universe. Check us out. Check out the videos on YouTube. Oh, wait, I did forget one thing. 
I don't think we talked about it last week, but we're planning to do a giveaway once we reach, I think it's 3,500 followers. So if you follow our, you, our uh, Instagram, you'll get information on that. So go follow us there. But other than that, check out our videos on YouTube. Check out our Instagram. Check out our website, obviously the podcast. Um, other than that, if you have any interest in writing, writing for us, editing videos, doing point of views on Instagram, any way you think it would help us, contact the sportuniverse2019 at gmail.com. And other than that, thanks for listening. Bye.